Listener, prepare thyself. You are now entering a realm of the strange, the silly, the surreal. I now present to you the Dashfire Diaries. Pumpkinhead Jack, a better place. Jack awoke, at least he thought he was awake. He couldn't be sure because he was immersed in the thickest, most ink black darkness he had ever seen. Seen? Was he seeing, feeling, hearing? The last thing he recalled was flying flying and feeling free for the first time in what it seemed to be, to Jack in a way, his long and dismal life. He heard or felt a low hum, a vibration running through him. He remembered feeling angry and alone, but now he felt nothing, not happy or melancholy, not afraid, just nothing. A sensation of cold emptiness washed over him. He tried to determine if he was breathing. With the icy chill, he ought to see the vapor from his exhaled breath. But Jack could neither see his breath nor feel the rise and fall of his chest. He felt no pain. He wanted to feel himself. To even do something as simple as touch his hand to his foot. To reassure himself that he was intact. But there was nothing solid to feel, only a numbing cold, and nothing to see within the dark space that held him. Nothing. Where am I? You're here, Jack, said a voice with a chuckle. You have arrived at last. Where is here a better place than where you were? How do you know? Who are you? I know everything, said the voice. Only God knows all. Are you God? The voice laughed. <laughs> God wishes he was me said the voice. You blasphemed, said Jack, recalling what the vicar had said about this sort of talk during the blessing of the lost gingers. I did, said the voice. I did indeed. It's cold here. It's very dark. I can't see anything. Why is that? You have no eyes with which to see, Jack. You have no body with which to feel, so everything feels cold. I was flying, and then everything stopped. I was free. What happened to me? Only what you did to yourself, the body you had, chained you to an evil world. It is no more. Now your spirit flies free. 
I want my mother, Jack cried. She is not here. You didn't like her anyway. She was cruel. Here, you may know a kind of peace. How fares Edgar? I want to see Edgar. The naughty little boy who is cruel to you? He is poorly, I'm afraid. Let me see him. You don't want that. I want to go back. I want to see again. I must check on Edgar. I must see my mother. Calm yourself, said the voice. You are at rest now. No, I will never rest. There was a pause. What if I told you I know a way back? What if I said I can make you see and feel again everything? What if I said you can live again, that you can return to the world of mortals? What would you do? Anything, said Jack. Just let me go back. Very well. I will grant your wish. How will you do that? First of all, you need a new body. The one you had is dormant. Then I must find you a head. The one you had was demolished. But I want my old head back. Trust me, Jack. The one I'll give you will be much better. You hated the head you had. And so did everyone else, Jack began wailing. Ah, oh, shh, there, there, little Jack, do not cry. You've no tears with which to cry anyway. How will they recognize me? Don't you worry about that, the voice laughed. I'll be sure they know who you are. Are you ready to live again? I suppose so. Jack felt a tingling sensation. It was like a cloud entering a bottle. The world now had an up and down, a left and a right. Jack felt the weight of everything. He could feel the proportions of his new body, which seemed stronger than the old one. Something was off, though. His head felt so large it could topple. Without even testing them, he could tell he had arms and legs, fingers and toes. But if this brought him any relief, it was offset by what happened next. Jack brought his hands to his head. He felt something smooth and round, with deep grooves. It was odd and cold and featureless. He felt his new body had a front and a back, just like the old one had. So it made no sense. I can't feel my face, said Jack. I still can't see. Everything I hear is muffled. You don't have a face yet. We need to make you one. Make me one? Why are you on about? He felt a steel blade being pressed into his hand by something cold, moist, inhuman. By its heft, its shape, in the dried blood on it, Jack could tell it was the blade his mother had given him. He started. For the first time, the voice that had been speaking to him was more than a voice. It, too, had form. Yes, Jack, said the voice, anticipating his question. 
I am real, and so are you. Now comes the hardest part. We must finish making you. I want to be as I was. I want to be my old self. <laughs> you cannot go back to that form. You must become something new. I'm giving you a rare gift. What you were was weak and melancholy. I've made you strong. Do not pine for your old form, but rejoice in the new one. Jack felt the clammy appendage of the nameless apparition encircle his own, tenderly. You recognize this knife, don't you? Yes. You bought it, brought it with you now. The instrument of justice, this tool of reform. Think of it not as a steel blade, but rather an artist's brush. Here, I will guide you until you find your own way. Jack's hand and the other hand brought the shiv to where his mouth should be. Let us unstop your voice. We shall begin with your mouth and then make you a pair of eyes and a nose. The point of the knife quivered against the smooth, hard flesh of Jack's head. I must warn you, said the voice. This is going to hurt. Jack felt the alien hand cupping his hand round the knife. It was pushing and sawing back and forth as his head moved, and though he felt no pain, he could feel other unnerving sensations. After an eternity of terrible sounds and feelings, it was finished. The creation of his eyes was the worst, because the first thing he saw was bits of his head falling away, and the knife point making circles like the fin of a shark as it orbits its prey. After the eye holes were cut, Jack could detect light, but only dimly. You screamed so much, I thought I would go deaf, said the voice. I will now give you light, so you can see the world anew. There was the sound of a single match being struck. Jack could see its light. For the first time in his, this whole ordeal, he had cause for hope. He yelped joyfully. I can see it. I can see it. Shall I light a candle? Said the voice. Yes. Jack beheld a spectral hand with, a long, with long thin fingers tipped with yellowed pointed fingernails. Light a candle. He recognized the candle in the candlestick in which it rested as the one which he had stolen from Ironwood Manor. You have this with you, as well as that knife. Jack saw the candle rise. He saw a face peer out from the gloom of eternal night. It was a grey, bald, cracked, and cicatrized face. Red eyes glowed from deep-set sockets. They had no pupils. A skeletal frame seemed to protrude from the emaciated ashen figure before him. The face was completed by two pinprick holes for a nose and a wide mouth with jagged teeth. The only thing that had any color were the barn-red lips upturned in a facsimile of a smile. A forked tongue flicked in and out of the mouth. A pair of frayed black wings protruded from the back and shoulders. Instead of feathers, they were covered in hard scales, 
like a lizard. Some of the scales were peeling and flaking off. One hand held the lit candle. What are you? said Jack, his voice trembling. <laughs> ah, I am your friend, your special angel. I have many names. I existed well before the age of mortals. I saw the birth of all the planets. I saw the birth of time. Call me ghoul, jinn, troll, genie, or fairy. It matters not. To you, I am life. I am your humble servant. Call me the Maker. You look scary, Mr. Maker, said Jack. I look scary? If you saw yourself, you would go mad. You will under soon. You will understand soon enough. I want to go home. I know I done wrong. I want to make it right. Home? Your home is here, where you were born, where you were revealed. Send me back, please. I promise I'll make it right. What makes you think that's what I or anyone wants? Well, then, what do you want? All in good time, Orange One. You will see. You wish to go to your mortal dwelling place, and I will take you there. But there is one thing left we must do. What's that? We need to open you so that your inner light may shine for all to see. Hold still. With that, the mica deftly snatched the knife out of Jack's hand and plunged it into Jack's new head. He spread his great, dilapidated, scaly black wings over them both in a ghastly embrace. He cut a circle around the top of his head. Jack felt a tug as the maker wrenched the top off and began to scoop out what was inside. He screamed. The maker pressed one hand over Jack's mouth while the other did its work. When he was finished, he peered inside with a candle and grunted with satisfaction. He placed the candlestick and lit candle inside Jack's head and replaced the top. Then the maker stepped back and covered his mouth with both hands in awe. Ah, you are beautiful. So beautiful, my pet, he whispered. If you could only see how you glow, why... You are the one the old scrolls said would come. You are the orange one. After the maker had placed the candle, Jack felt as powerful as a three-masted man-o'-war at full sail with a gale blowing her forward. His blood surged like the tempest-tossed sea, and his heart raced. His muscles expanded and swelled. You will be unstoppable, said the maker. However, I can only send you back for a short while. A candle must burn in your head always. When the light extinguishes, you will be returned here. Even with your candle, your time is limited, so make haste in conducting your business. When night draws near, your powers will wax until they reach their height during the witching hour. After that, you will weaken and require rest. Remember, the ways of the mortals hold no further sway over you, and though you will be among them, 
you are no longer of them. I just want to make it right so that I can be saved. <laughs> Go make it right and I'll be watching you. With that, the light went out. And when it came back, Jack was on his feet in a park. He recognized his city. He was never so happy to smell its refuse and rot as well as its flowers and fresh bread. It was all beautiful to him. He was no longer in the scary unknown place, but in a familiar one. He fought upon what the maker had said and wondered what he meant by the ways of people having no further sway over him and being among them, but not of them any longer. So much had happened that it was impossible to take it all in. After his initial relief, Jack dared to think that everything that recently transpired was just a bad dream. He was back home after all, but he would not feel entirely at his ease until he saw that Edgar was fit and healthy. <laughs>